Hello, Great Minds. It's time for Drinks with Great Minds in History, but this one is going to be a short one because I'm heading out of town soon. So welcome to the show, everyone. As always, I'm your host, Mr. DGMH, otherwise known as Zach DeBacco, and today we are going to do a short Another Round episode, this time tied to the Civil War, a bit of nappy three, and some women's history that I just learned and found fascinating. So in the making of this episode, I have to own up to a few things. I decided very last minute, the day before I leave, that I might as well get something out for this coming Tuesday, but I wasn't quite ready to close out the Season 4 bonus season. The next thing I have to note is that I've become fascinated and enamored with 19th century American women. Epically badass, epically overlooked. And I'm not talking queens or first ladies or anything like that. No, I am talking about everyday fucking people. American women. Outright oppressed, American women were also hindered by patriarchy, the cult of domesticity, and women who disagreed with the fact or idea that women should be participating in any sort of public sphere. But women like the Grimke sisters, Sarah Bagley, Dorothea Dix, Sarah Josepha Hale, and so many more refused to be silenced. Can't really say that I knew shit about most of them, but now I just want to know more. I mean, these women advocated against slavery, promoted temperance, would go on to end child labor, fought for the right to vote, completely overhauled the American mental health care system and medicine. They weren't just voices, they were the voice in many of these arenas. Finally, I have to give credit to a student a student that completely awakened me to this little curiosity of the early industrial age, and that is Martha Coston. But before we get into that, I did want to note a couple of things. First, during the next episode of DGMH, we will be picking up a sponsor. Woohoo! And no, it's not Yingling. Still, this is a big, exciting moment for DGMH and my wallet, as this much-needed morale booster came at a time when it was much needed, and it will help alleviate some of the expenses of producing and editing the show. But if that one singular minute of advertising is too much for you, then you will still be able to get access to ad-free episodes by joining the DGMH Patreon page. And ad-free content will be available to all supporters $3 and up. Just follow the link in the show notes to check out Patreon land, get access to more than 200 bonus episodes and posts, and of course now escape ads if you really want to. And by going to Patreon, you can support my drinking habit. And today, speaking of that, I am drinking a glass of Writer's Tears Irish Whiskey. Why? Well, I wanted to. It's good, and women wrote a lot of important shit. But more on that later. Actually, really not, but they did. Well, let's get to it. Martha Coston. Who could that be? Have I sparked your interest? Invented a new curiosity within you? Flared up some newfound fascination in 19th century American women's history? Good, then you will love this short bonus episode. But first, it's some history for you, a reason to drink for me. It's the history of the great minds that made history come to be. So Martha Coston, born today, December 12th, 1826, just shy of 100 years before the airing of this episode. That's right, I decided to release this episode because when I was researching the topic, it turned out her birthday was on this Tuesday. Yeah, why not? Born in Maryland, she and the rest of the Hunt family migrated to Philadelphia in the 1830s where she met and eloped with a young Benjamin Franklin Coston. Coston was a young and already successful inventor who had worked at the Washington Stockyard while enlisted in the U.S. Navy to develop naval technologies like a signal rocket and other mechanisms for cannons. Resigning his commission over pay discrepancies, Benjamin Coston spent his last years working to develop a new method to signal between ships— 
which to date had been done by colored flags, not very effective at night, and lanterns, not overly effective, period. In his life, he developed basic sketches and formulas for his signal flares, but died from complications brought about by excessive chemical exposure in 1849. Now widowed and just 21 years old, Martha Coston had to find a way to provide for her and her children, two of whom would die within a year of their father. But shortly after his death, she discovered among her husband's possessions when, as she noted in her autobiography, quote, at last I came upon a large envelope containing papers and a skillfully drawn plan of signals to be used at sea. My course lay clear before me. I saw the immense value of the invention. But making a reality out of her husband's plans for ship flares would take a decade of hard work and research, as Costa notes, quote, the men I employed and dismissed, the experiments I made myself, the frauds that were practiced upon me, almost disheartened me. However, she finally succeeded in developing a bright white and red set of flares, yet she still needed at least a third color, if not more. Ever the American patriot, she had her heart set on a blue flare, but struggled to find success. This lack of success pushed her and her remaining children to the brink of poverty, until she had a clever idea to turn to New York pyrotechnicians following a fireworks display to commemorate the successful use of the transatlantic telegraph. Within months of communicating and working with this newfound asset, she had her blue flare and many, many more colors, and on April 5, 1859, she was granted a patent for her invention. From there, she received purchase orders from the U.S. Navy and obtained patents in half a dozen European countries before returning at the onset of the U.S. Civil War, when she petitioned the U.S. Congress to use her flares for the security and safety of the Union. The Coston Flare was used extensively by Union forces during the naval blockade of the entire southern coastline, and the flare was noted as essential in several battles throughout the course of the war. In the end, however, she was denied much of the money promised to her by the Navy and Congress. However, after the war, Coston went on to enhance her invention by patenting a twist ignition device to make her flares even more efficient to use, and she went on to sell her flares to navies, yacht clubs, and sailors around the world. In her life, she was close friends with Admiral David Farragut, dined with Nappy III himself at the Tuileries Palace, and even danced with a King of Sweden. Costin died in 1904. Her company, the Costin Signal and later Costin Supply Company, would remain in business until 1985 as a chief supplier of flares to the U.S. Life Saving Service, which later merged with the Revenue Cutter Service to form the U.S. Coast Guard. Finally, in 2006, Martha Costin's efforts were recognized by the National Inventors Hall of Fame. But for more on Costin, I would check out Tom Lonergan's Martha Costin and the Box of Light, or Holly Sheffrey's The Inventions of Martha Costin. Now let's rate this drink. Writer's Tears never disappoints. And since it feels like it has been a while since I've rated a drink on the show, I figured we'd rate this bottle of Writer's Tears Double Oak. It is a fantastic Irish whiskey aged in American and French oak barrels. It is a solid 4 for taste, but their Copper Pot bottle is a 6 for sure. In the price is up there in the mid to high 40s, but that isn't expensive really for a good bourbon or Irish whiskey, and this is well worth it. 5 points for price, and 5 points for return, as I will definitely keep the brand, if not this bottle, in my regular stock. So let's call it a nice 15 out of 18 points and 5 crowns. Well that's it. If you enjoyed this round of drinks with Great Minds in History, then we hope you'll consider giving the show a great, hopefully 5-star review wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Follow the show on Instagram and Twitter, or I guess X, at DGMH History, and be sure to join in the conversation over on the DGMH Facebook podcast group. And if you're looking for even more DGMH, then you can get access to bonus content over in Patreon land. There, listeners can get access to pre-game chats, last call bonus episodes, 
Cullen and Mind's chat series, where we talk about Chinese and Portuguese history separately, and sometimes together, as well as another moment with Mr. DGMH on the Thirty Years' War, extra moments with Mr. DGMH on various topics, plus moments with my high school history teacher, what I'm teaching, and so much more. So let's wrap this one up. Martha Coston wasn't a famous writer, she wasn't a queen, she was, however, a brilliant inventor and a fighter till the end, and one that is largely overshadowed by the many great inventors of the 19th century world. One statistic I read from the U.S. Coast Guard states that nearly 20,000 search and rescue missions are completed in any given year, and this results in the saving of thousands of lives per year, and millions of dollars in property. And I guarantee that at least half of that success should be in thanks to Martha Coston's legacy. Cheers! Cheers!